Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. In this episode, I got to sit down with Luke Morris. Now, Luke is an absolute legend. I've known him for about five or six years now, I reckon. But we never actually sat down for like an hour and a half and had a good chat. And so, yeah, it was a perfect opportunity to do just that. And um, yeah, it was so much fun. Luke is a great dude. He is a retired Air Force soldier. I'm pretty sure that's the right way to say that. So correct me if I'm wrong if it isn't. If not, I guess you'll find out by listening to the episode. He's in financial planning at the moment. But one of the things that came up is he's an avid hunter, which I didn't know about until we um, chatted in the episode. And yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool to sort of talk to him about that and like his process and why he enjoys it. And yeah, I had a lot of fun talking about it. I had a lot of fun talking about everything we spoke about. And um, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it also. And episode 10. So that's one zero. That's double figures. I'm pretty sure if you have a child, you're meant to have a massive birthday party for them because they're, well, they're not a teenager yet, are they? But I guess double figures is a big thing because they're not nine, they're 10. So we've done 10 episodes. I don't think it's really a birthday for the podcast, but hey, I'm celebrating because I'm pretty proud of that achievement. But I'm looking forward to episode 100 as well. We've got many more to go. I've recorded a few episodes now and yeah, it's great. I'm really loving it and I'm really enjoying hearing your feedback hearing how much you guys are enjoying it as well. I'm trying to get better and better at it. I hope you are seeing the results of that and uh, to make the experience better for you all and better for the guests. And um, yeah, really looking forward to what the future has in store for this because I think I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep going as hard as I can possibly go at it and um, see what happens. I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. That's all that matters at the end of the day. So yeah, um, the other thing, please like and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, it really does matter. I know people say that all the time on the channels, but it turns out it does matter because it means it ranks a bit higher and more people can see it. And um, that's what we're all about, getting more people to see it so they can enjoy the conversations as well. And if you're listening on any of your streaming services, please comment or like or subscribe to that because also that means the world as well. It really does help um, is what I'm learning. I'm just making this stuff up and turns out one of the things that matters is reviews, likes and subscriptions. So that's the next thing for us to do. So yeah, as you can tell, I'm making it up by this intro because um, I'm babbling a lot and I do apologize for that. We're gonna end very shortly. But I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening for the last 10 episodes or watching and I'm excited to see what happens in the future. And I'm really excited to have you guys along for the ride. So, have a great day, whatever you're doing. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. It was a blast to sit down and chat to Luke. And I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Luke Morris. See you guys. You're obviously here on a Thursday. Yeah. Do you so you have a day off on a Thursday? You say? Yeah. Uh, for for the most part, it's usually Thursdays. It's a little bit flexible. I can take, um, but I, I work four days at the moment. Where are you working? So at um, I work as a financial advisor at that's um, right in the city. Um, just a little boutique firm, self licensed firm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really enjoying that. I've been doing it for like or oh, last almost year and a half now. Yeah. Right. Um, like, yeah, you went. You went and studied that, didn't you? Or something. Yeah, I went and studied it for a bit. I did um, did my mortgage broking 
uh, certification and then my financial planning certification and then got into it and now they've changed it all and I have to go and do a oh. degree so I'm studying more. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So that, that course yeah. you did isn't less like it's not it's, valid? It's still all right at the moment um, because of the timing of when I got into the industry. Yeah. It's still relevant at the moment but that, uh, we're going through like a transition period at the moment. So any new people coming in have to be degree qualified before they oh, come okay. in. Okay, Is that for that just that? place that you're working or for the industry uh, no for the industry so oh, financial right. advisors okay. in general um and then we've got that transition period where we have to get a degree within that certain time frame yeah. and do a professional exam and all that kind of stuff um is that because there's a lot of dodgy people around yeah kind of it was it was in the works a little bit before um the royal commission into banking and all that oh, but that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. exploded a bit more yeah and um and so yeah, I mean, there's still ongoing things that they're working out, compliance-wise and stuff like that. But um, but one of the big effects for us is we have to go back to union, get degrees. Yeah. yeah. So how does that how is that going to work? Are they are you just going to have to do that in your spare time? Sort um. Of thing, yeah. 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 Pretty right. much. How long is um, a degree? It's. Uh, I was fortunate that um, I'd already studied part of my Bachelor of Commerce. Okay. So I just kind of picked up where I left off with that. Um, but it's a it's a normal like four year degree. Yeah. Right. Um, and then obviously if people are doing it part time. It's going to take longer than that. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, That's. A bit but I've only got. I've got about a year's worth full time left to go. And then I'll be done. So not too bad. Oh, that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. So because you get a lot of – is that because you get like – was it RPL? Was it, yeah, was I got it, a lot of RPL. So recognized? recognition of prior learning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's good then. Yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I studied, studied all of that while I was off work between the jobs um, and then kind of fell into the position that I'm at at the moment um, through – Someone who was working at the firm knew me and knew the owner, um, obviously, and um, uh, mentioned to the owner that I was looking for yeah. um, a career in that kind of industry and would he be happy to have a chat with me, let awesome. me know you know, what, what's going on in the industry, that sort of stuff, what to expect. Um, and I went in and he kind of – he's told me since since I met him that first time that um, that after that – Meeting, he was like, "Oh, this guy's really great. I'd love to have him. Yeah, I just really. can't. Can't. The business is at a point at the moment where I can't afford to to put him on. So, um, so I went back and saw him a few more times at his his request, and then he, um, it, it kind of just naturally came about that, um, what he could afford, I was happy to take at that time." Um, so it was kind of a blessing for both of us. He was yeah, able right. to give me a job. I was able and get into the industry, get That's my foot awesome. in the door. Yeah, um, that doesn't happen very often. I no, imagine. Yeah. no, and um, and it was, uh, you know, usually he wouldn't have been able to employ a financial advisor, um, at a normal rate. So mm. it was kind of like a, it, it was a really good, um, yeah, awesome. it, and I mean it's a, it's a fully Christian firm. Okay, um, which is really hard to find in the the um finance industry yeah so um a lot of so that's a real blessing as well just to be able to go to work every day and and have that kind of environment yeah. um yeah. yeah slightly different morals and standards i suppose yeah. um and it just aligns with 
how you hold yourself a lot more. So yeah, um, it really works well in that. that Do you find well. they're a lot more um, sort of obviously looking looking out for out for the customer's sort of best interest a lot more than <laughs> say another place where they're just looking at their bottom line. Yeah, I mean, still a balance. Yeah, there is there is a degree of that. I mean, all. Any good financial planner will be looking out for you, for the client's best interest. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, there is there is an element of um, probably a little bit more grace in yeah. that area. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much um, smart business moves every single time. Um, yeah. It's sort of more favouring that the the helping people. Yes. More so um, than running a really profitable business. Yeah. But uh, on the flip side, you also got to think, well, if if the business isn't around, then we can't help people. So you have to really be smart about how Definitely. you how you operate a business as well. Um, so it is a it's a kind of a balancing act a little yeah. bit, but um, but no, we're we're doing doing really well. Really happy with where um, the business is headed, mm. and. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying my that's position awesome. in there. That's so. great. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, had you always wanted to do like financial planning things like that? No, no. Yeah. So I'd I'd always had an interest in like um, the economy and economics and that sort of stuff, um, but it didn't really uh, come to me that I would ever work in the industry or anything like that. It was more of just an interest. Um, I did. I thought for a while that I may get into uh, business in some some aspect, so I started as in like running a business, like entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, okay. yeah. So I started uh, studying at that point in time for the bachelor of business. Okay, and I hit some of the financial subjects in that, so accounting that sort of stuff, and kind of tweaked my degree from there yeah, and right. started going more down the finance you side of, of things. You found that and you're like, oh, I like that. Let's dig yeah, into yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, so my, my degree went from a Bachelor of Business to a Bachelor of Commerce majoring in um, sustainable business and uh, accounting and having a minor in um, – well, it was – sorry, it wasn't sustainable business. It was majoring in accounting with a minor in – business and sustainable agriculture. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so I did that for a while and then um, converted it when I found out all of these new regulations coming in, converted to a Bachelor of Commerce, um, majoring in financial planning, which is the degree that everyone has to have as yeah, a okay. financial advisor these days. So you mentioned yeah. um, minor, minor of – was it minor of sustainable agriculture? agriculture. Yeah, sustainable business so and agriculture. So you've yeah. – that's kind of – because we we're talking about hunting before, yeah. This is my little segue into that, I guess. Yeah. I like, oh, thank you, Luke. Um, so that's something you're interested in then as well. Yeah, like, yeah. So. Look, I love I love agriculture in general. Yeah. Um, my parents actually, funnily enough, have always said I should have been born on a farm, and that'd be like probably my top three dream jobs. Yeah, right. would be to own one of those farms. In out in Warpwarp, Australia, where yeah, right. um, you have to take a helicopter to get to the house, wow. kind of thing. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd love love that. That'd just be that's so fun. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, where do you think that came from? I I really don't know because 
so one of my uncles had a small cattle property when we were growing up, but we didn't have too much to do with it. Um, we had some friends out west who also had a cattle property that I kind of – we went out and saw every now and then. Um, other than that, though, there wasn't really anything until I was older, I was an adult, um, and I was living down in Canberra and started helping out with um, someone who I met down there and uh, he owned a sheep property. Okay. Um, 800 acres, about 2,500 sheep on there. Yeah, right. And uh, Merino, so they, they're they the wool sheeps. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, help, helped out there. I, I didn't do shearing as such, but um, it, they usually hire a team in who yeah, are fairly okay. – they come in. They gel it. pretty well together, yeah. and yeah, they just smash it out. Um, yeah. So I kind of I picked up ways of how to shear. Like they taught me how to, but I never actually did it. You never actually were um, it enough to kind of yeah yeah. You just played around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but it was funny. They, they had, uh, you do all the the ewes first, all the female sheep first, and then um, and then the rams had come in, and obviously merino rams have the big. Um, yeah, big horns on like them and on that, that sort of stuff. Um, that flippant ad, yeah, 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 yeah. That's insurance, right. Insurance, like yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, and so they'd they'd cram them all into this pen that the shearers would then pull out. But um, you get down to the last one, and the last one has enough room that he can kind of get a run up and oh. charge at you. So you, you kind of draw straws to see who goes in there to grab this round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're nasty, <laughs> eh? Yeah, but it was quite funny. It was good, good times. But um, but yeah, love. Like I used to take take holidays off work to go and help out there during key yeah, times okay. of the seasons. Um, used to. It was about a two and a half hour drive from where I worked to the farm. And that was in Canberra. Um, you're saying, yeah, yeah, in Canberra, yeah. And I used to drive. You know, after work, a day of work, I used I used to drive and go to the farm just to help spray weeds in a paddock or something just because yeah, I just enjoyed that. being out there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. No, mm. I, I guess it's, it is nice being like a fair way out, isn't it? It's kind of I'm, – I'm, to be honest, I'm quite a city boy, I think. Like, yeah. like the, the idea of me living on a farm is like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't do that. Maybe on a boat, that's the opposite. But, yeah. Um, like it is nice when you're out there, and it's just mm. yeah. There's just no not much noise. Yeah, much pollution. yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it is a nice. Yeah, it's just it's just a really nice environment, I think. And I love love outdoors. So a lot of my hobbies are um, outdoors, like I said, hunting. Love being mm. out in the bush, kind of thing. So yeah. Um. So yeah, just that that kind of I don't know where it came from originally, mm. but um, but it's just been something that I've really had a passion for, and I love um. Uh, well, I have a real interest in livestock mainly. I'm not not as interested in crop farming okay. as livestock, but um, but just the management of livestock and stuff like that. I yeah. have a real interest in too. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Hey, yeah, um, I remember I watched you know that TV show. I don't even know if it's still on called Landline. Yeah, it's the yeah. one that you kind of I would I'd watch it when I was either had was sick at home from school, <laughs> or like I think it's sometimes on a Sunday yeah. afternoon or something. Yeah, and a lot of times I'd, my parents would be watching. I'm like, oh, what? can we watch cartoons or something? You know. But then a few times I watched it and watching these like massive cattle farms, mm. like mm. I and I saw the just the amount of stock and the, then the, also the amount of people and infrastructure. Mm. Like yeah. this is like a full on. Well, it's a full on business. Yeah, right? it's a business. Yeah. But you think yeah. of how? Sorry to any like vegans or vegetarians, but you think of like how much meat the majority oh, of us eat. 
that's all got to come yeah. from somewhere. Yeah, so much. Like, yeah. And it's, I guess it's getting better and better, but it's got to come in a sustainable way, mm. in, a, in a way that also treats those animals humanely because that's a, you know, rightly so, that's become a big thing where people are really looking at them hard. The industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah. It's just like even I worked a little bit out west as a sparky yeah. and you drive past and I drove past one day and on the side of the road was like, I think it must have been like a cattle auction. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what they call yeah, that. Yeah, just at the cattle yards. Yeah, and it was insane. Yeah, I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, here? yeah. Like, this and the money just... that some of those cattle go for as well, like yeah, like prize breeding, bulls. And yeah, stuff. yeah, breeding bulls and stuff like that. Just go. It's yeah, it's it's a different. It's world. insane. Yeah, it's a di- well, it's a different world, but it's crazy how much we rely on that, mm. but we don't think about it. Yeah, you know? like it is. Yeah, well, yeah. I find myself. I'm learning how little I know about those, like how <laughs> almost like un, unconsciously naive. Is yeah. That even, I think that means the same thing. But I'm just like, oh, I never actually thought about that. It just, I just order it. Yeah. It yeah. arrives on my plate, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you see you see jokes around, um, especially on social media these days, of like, Parents asking kids where where meat comes from or something. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it comes from Woolies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's not unheard of to not know where where things come from, which is you know that's just the world we live in. I heard but, like um, um, some crazy statistic, and I whenever I'm just for people listening, whenever I say I heard some crazy statistic, it could be a hundred percent. But I heard it. And they were saying that, like, in America, because it's always flipping America, mm. um, like, n- the major more kids don't know where milk comes from than that, than do because they just see milk. And comes yeah, out of yeah. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me because of like convenience these days. Yeah. It's just so easy to not need to know. Yeah, exactly. And, and l- people's lives are so busy, and you try and like, there's so much information that we try and cram into people's heads yeah, all day that if you don't need to know, stuff, you just. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> and even I was thinking about it because I'm like, oh, surely that's not right. Like kids mm. must be idiots if they don't realise that. But then even like when I went the other day to buy milk, I was like, there's not like there's not that many cows on the yeah. packaging anymore. Yeah, Because you know, yeah. it's all just like, you know, pools or whatever. Yeah, that's There's it. very few where it's like, oh, there's a cow on there. You're mm. like, oh, that makes mm. Like even cheese. Like where did cheese come from? Like, yeah. comes from the same place. Well, yeah, yeah it sort of does. But um. Yeah, that sort of stuff's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more and more common, hey, like as we have so much what I would say, not necessarily pointless information, but mm. information overload. Yeah. Stuff yeah. just drops out. That's it. There's so much so much information and so much stimulus being thrown at us twenty four seven. Yeah. That um you can't you can't take it all in and no. and hold all of that information. Yeah. Um so some things and it's the stuff that doesn't really affect us, isn't really important to us that that gets thrown out, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I went down like a rabbit hole of just watching like like when I try and learn something, like even for this podcast I was telling you before, I had to teach myself how to edit videos. Mm. I'm still terrible at it. But just there's like, you know, millions of videos on people going, this is how you do this. Yeah, yeah. I just quite, I help, you know how YouTube, like they conveniently do it where it just plays on. Like mm. it just, and I just found myself listening to so much stuff. <laughs> and then I, when I would actually go to do it, I'm like, I can't remember any of this. Yeah. Like I'd have to then go back and watch it. So I kind of, I'm getting better at it, but I'm trying to make a conscious decision to just like find one person 
and then learn how to do the way that they've told me. And then once that doesn't work or does work, then yeah, I'll find Yeah, once you need to look one. for something else. Because if you, I find if I look at 20 different ways of doing something, I, it's just overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I 100%, 100% agree. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's just there's, there's so much. It, information is so easy to get out to people and for us to get these days mm. that it can be, yeah, information overload at times yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is nuts, isn't it? Mm. It's just like that whole... Even how they talk about, like, we don't need to remember anything anymore. Yeah. Like, kids. Yeah. Because. It's all, you, know, you just pick up your phone and you can look it up yeah, straight just Wikipedia away. it. <laughs> like, literally, if you want to know anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, pretty much anything. Maybe not, like, the meaning of life or whatever. Yeah. Um, but within a few minutes, you can. Figure you can it out. You answer. can get someone else's opinion on yeah. what they yeah, think the yeah. meaning of life is. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you, may, yeah. you may not get the answer, but you, you'll get a lot of. People's yeah. opinions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll get an Instagram famous like model or something telling yeah. you what hers is. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it is an amazing, it's an amazing time, like place in time mm. that we um, are in right mm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. When when you look at um, information sharing, it's yeah, yeah it's incredible. It how, is nuts. how much information we can share. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And the crazy thing is as well, like. Like there's definitely pros and cons. I, mm. I've I found myself like a couple of years ago becoming like a bit of like a technology Scrooge. I reckon where I was like, it's wreck, it's wrecking society. Look <laughs> at this, and then I would like while I'm doing that, I'm watching a YouTube video. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is so convenient. Yeah, yeah. But the pros are like, there's never been more opportunity for people. Yeah, that's you know? right. Like mm. I think the the counter counter of that is that. There's a lot of crap out there as well. There's mm. a lot of yeah. You have to every, sift through. Yeah, you can waste some time sifting yeah. through a lot of junk. So you've got to really spend time if you like if you want to create something. Like even this podcast, coming back to it, there's a millions of podcasts out there. Mm. So my job is to, and I'm trying to every episode become better and better. Yeah. So you kind of not rise to the top necessarily, but yeah. sift. You know, be a bit above average. Yeah. 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 And so long as, I mean, in that that sense, so long as you don't measure yourself against other people and measure yourself against the past you. Exactly. And so long as you just get slowly better and better. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way to do it, I reckon. That's it, hey. It's, that's uh, a healthy way of improving. <laughs> yeah, that's key. Because yeah. you're never like, we're talking off air. I said off air. That's a bit fancy. Um, <laughs> we're talking, talking about... Um, Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. I think I've talked about him every single episode. Yeah, right. Like people are just going to think, You've, I've shaved my head to look like <laughs> him. I'm going to the gym yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I've got a while to go yet. But like people must think I'm just obsessed with him. Maybe I am a little bit, let's be honest. But um, you can't, you can't, I can't compare myself to him. Mm. He's done like 1,700 episodes. Yeah. I think yeah. he just had his 10th anniversary of the podcast. Or yeah, right. Like, Maybe I can compare myself when I'm 1,700 episodes in as mm. well, but um, mm. there's just no point. Yeah. Like, and also, you can I can compare things like the quality of like the audio and video and things. And be like, mm. okay, that's a good. But that's standard. about it. Yeah, because we're different people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, I'm totally different to mm. some guy who grew up in Brooklyn or wherever, he, yeah. New Jersey or wherever he grew up. You know, it's totally different life. Yeah, yeah, different culture, different life. Yeah. Different. He's got different. Um, interests and uh, hobbies and professions and stuff like that. So yeah, different circle of friends, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it is. it's all going to be different. It's um, the, the, one of the things I've shared before as well is 
the I think the way that I kind of measure success for myself is there's like there's two versions of myself, right? There's the version of me right now and then in an alternate universe kind of thing, there's the the version of myself who's like reaching his utmost potential. Like everything yeah. he is possibly here to do, he's doing it, he's yeah. smashing it. When we eventually die and hopefully go to heaven, or we'll go to heaven, um, I want to meet this guy and be like, dude, we like best mates. Like we know each other so well. Yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, oh I could have been. I yeah, been yeah, that, yeah. No, that's know? a good way to look at so it. So that's eh? kind of like. I'm constantly like in my head thinking, if this this opportunity, would that other version of myself, would he grab that opportunity mm, right now mm. and run with it? Would he be slacking off right now? Would he be working hard? You yeah. know? And I, it sounds trivial, but it kind of, for me anyway, it's really helped almost like have that frame of reference, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I get what you mean. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's a good way of looking at it. Mm. I reckon, um, and yeah, comparing yourself to, I guess what you perceive a better version of yourself would be rather than saying, oh, I wish I could be whoever because yeah. they're different. <laughs> yeah. And what is that? There's like a saying, like you're comparing, you're comparing your, oh, I'm going to butcher it. It's like something about like you're comparing your today to somebody else's yesterday or something like that, sure. you know, yeah. so like there's no point. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not the saying at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. What I just said. I get. I get what you, you get. What I mean, though. What like you're saying. You can, yeah. Yeah. You're comparing, like, for instance, you're comparing. You go. I'm comparing this episode to Joe Rogan's 1500th episode. Then that's yeah. not a comparison. Yeah, that's right. Like I'm right. comparing my starting point to somebody else's. Like he's kind of in the peak of his yeah. career. You know, yeah. like, um, the, like if you want to be an actor, there's no. You can can you can look at someone like say. Who's who's a really good actor? I don't know. Um, Hugh Jackman, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> he's in, he's been yeah. in some pretty good movies. I I uh, he's a good actor that's been in some terrible movies. Yeah. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I've got. I'll stick by Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um, but um, you can't like if you're say you go at acting school right now, mm-hmm. you can look at some of that and be like, that's the standard I want to hit. Yeah, yeah. But there's you can't go, oh, I'm rubbish because I'm not like that. Mm. Like, well, okay, well, when you've done as many movies as that and put in the hard yards. Yeah, that's it. If you're a comedian, don't compare yourself to Dave Chappelle. Mm. Like, that guy's Mm. been working his butt off for years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, Just get out there and start. Or if you want to, compare them, compare yourself to when they started. Yeah, yeah. Go back and look at when they started. Yeah, things like that. And and kind of, yeah, have a look. Have a look at what they were like then. Yeah, that's what you have to Um, do, hey. yeah, Yeah. I do that. I find myself doing that. A lot of because I I love listening to podcasts and stuff mm. myself. If when I fight, feel that creeping in, when I'm like, oh, what am I even bothering? I'll like go to like the oldest video, search by oldest. Yeah. Sometimes they've like flipped and like, hidden their old stuff because they're embarrassed <laughs> or something. But you watch it and you're like, oh, I feel much better about myself yeah. now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, 100%. Especially if they've kind of like just started in there, starting from the bottom, whereas like some people, their first one, They've already kind of done other things, and so they've got a big budget and this yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's I really I really like sort of going back in somebody's mm. journey and seeing where they're going, mm. which leads into like that's why I like sitting down with people and kind of talking. But then also, yeah, like 
going back to, into their story as yeah. well. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People's stories are always fascinating. Yeah. That, and that's exactly right. Um, like, and you can you can learn so much, but you just get an insight into someone else's little world. Yeah. Um, which, is, yeah, it's incredible. And you don't – people don't have to be like a motivational speaker to yeah. encourage someone. Yeah, right? Like just through sharing their story sometimes someone mm. can go, Oh yeah, that's where I am right now. Mm. Like that gives me hope and that sort of thing. And yeah, I think sometimes we too easily forget that as well. Yeah, like, even for me, like I find myself, you're like I need some inspiration. So you search for that kind of person who's killing it. They're speaking to mm. like twenty thousand people or whatever. But you're like, there's just as much inspiration I find just sitting and talking to my wife. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know? sometimes it's even more so because it's real. Exactly. It's, it's not like a performance or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's like relatable. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of feel like you're you're almost doing that journey together mm. with them mm. as well. Definitely. Yeah. So it is cool. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got onto that. <laughs> that was like a crazy roller coaster of topics right there. <laughs> but that's yeah. all part of the fun. That's that's part of conversation. Yeah. So you mentioned hunting. So you're saying before that you you enjoy bow hunting. Is that this sort of the only hunting that you enjoy? Or? Yeah. So I I do both. I do bow hunting and um, uh, firearms rifle hunting. Um, I do. I really enjoy bow hunting for for a couple of reasons. One, it's um, it, a lot of people kind of imagine bow hunting as being more challenging. It's Challenging in a different way, I suppose. Yeah, okay. But um, the gear that you carry is a lot more lightweight, so it's um, it's a little bit different in that aspect. A bit more nimble. You get up close and personal to the animals. Um, the the techniques that you use to hunt with bows is um, is slightly different, and it's just it's just a little bit more raw and down to earth, I suppose. Yeah. In in a few ways. So, um, but I I really love both. I really love. Um, Taking a rifle out and filling the freezer as well. Yeah. Just as much as I like taking the bow out. Yeah. Um, what sort of stuff do you usually, like, what are you chasing? Um, mainly deer. Yeah. Love love um, hunting deer. It's just, they're just really magnificent animals to start off with, to get out in nature with. Mm. Um, and quite often, you know, we'll go out hunting either on my own or with, with some mates um, and not necessarily actually get an animal on the ground and bring it home. But um, but even just sitting out on you know the side of a cliff or the side of a mountain and just watching them, yeah, and just it's watching them interact and learn about you know I'm in their environment now, yeah. learn about how they work and you know and you can learn so much from them too. I mean, just just watching how they go from a nighttime of rest to where they venture up mountains to to find sun you know mm. in winter and stuff like that to warm up um and then going to find the grazing that they want to go to um and what mountains they pick whereabouts on the mountain they pick so that they get thermals or they don't get wind draft and all that yeah. sort of stuff it's just incredible how all that is kind of built into built into their um their mechanics and how mm. they how they live and so it's really cool to just sit there and just watch that unfold yeah, and it's cool um Certain seasons, you know, where where there's um, there's the season that is quite commonly known as the raw, which is where the male bucks are, you know, starting to fight for um, female attention because it's getting into breeding yeah, that's season. The, that's the videos I've seen, and um, and that's pretty cool to sit there mm. and just watch these these huge animals 
Um, I mean, we say they're huge. They're, they're huge by Australian standards. They're not huge by like elk and moose yeah. standards, but um, but yeah, they kind of and and they let out these these roars to yeah, it's amazing, to hey? um to try and warn other males. Um, and find some chicken so, babes. Yeah, Sweetly. yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to just sit there and watch sometimes yeah. as well, and not necessarily hunt or, or so not often, necessarily. Sorry, so drop often animals. we think like they just sort of they're just sitting there eating grass. And yeah. That's it. You know, like you drive past horses and you're like, "What do you do all day?" Yeah, yeah. But then in the wild, like yeah, in a paddock, that's probably all they're doing. To be honest, because mm. like there's nothing else. There's no predators here. There's nothing else. To yeah. do. But in the wild, there's this full on. As you say, it's built into their kind of mechanics. Like, this is what we do. This yeah, is that's how right. life happens. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. yeah. And then in the middle of the day, especially for uh, the Australian climate, in the middle of the day, they'll go and find shelter because it's just too hot for them. So they'll go and yeah, conserve right. their energy and, um, and bed down, curl up and have a bit of a siesta in the middle of the day in some yeah. shade. Um, so, uh, yeah, just learning about how, how they live. Um, one, it, it makes you a much better hunter because you can, you know, you can identify with what they're doing and you mm. can kind of predict what their next move is going to be. But um, but it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well. They're yeah. amazing, eh? Hey? Yeah, a lot yeah. of them as well. I, I used to work with a guy who was uh, right into bow hunting and um, he used to go to Northern Territory, I think, mm. because they're – and they would have like farmers that would contract him in because yep. – because I, I was with him and I was I was really interested in it. But another guy, you know, was kind of like, what are you killing these animals for? Like you just talked about how they're so magnificent and they're mm. beautiful and they're majestic and then you go and put an arrow through them. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like these guys, they are beautiful and majestic, but they are wrecking this yeah. land. Like they yeah, are real. Yeah. In some places, not everywhere, but in some places they're a real pest. He's mm. like, you've got to bring the, the numbers down. Yeah. Know? Just like well, so, shooting and stuff. So, so deer, deer's an introduced species. Yeah, right. Um, Where did I, it come from? Not many people know that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it came from England. Okay. Stinking um, they came way. over on boats or something like that. Um, way back in the day, but um, but yeah, they're they're an introduced species, so they don't have huge predators mm. in Australia, and um, a lot of the the things that would control the population over in their native um, uh, countries don't apply in Australia. So, yeah, they're an introduced species and they do, they run they run rampant. Because what would be their predators? Like we don't have really, we don't have bears. Yeah, we don't. And you know, lions Yeah, big cats and stuff like that. Yeah, there's not um, really much else, is we've there? We've like... Oh, wild dogs. We've got wild dogs. We've got... Um, Foxes, but foxes, they'd be hard pressed taking down a yeah. You a need about full size male deer. That's for sure. They'd have to be um, organised. Probably their their main their main predators really are us mm-hmm. and each other during that raw time. Like yeah. they've, uh, I haven't actually seen it in in the in real life before, but um, I've seen some photos of you know deer antlers stuck in other bucks' sides and stuff like that. They're tough animals. Yeah. But um, and they they go for gold when they when they're well, it's, fighting. It's on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but Life um, or death, really. Yeah, yeah. But so that's in Australia. That's probably the main two hmm. things I reckon. That because um, I guess if they fight, then that also something they could probably get injured and then infection and stuff. Yeah, and die from that. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, nature is is cruel when it comes to hmm. uh, um, death in nature, 
it's how some of those animals die is just yeah, it's brutal yeah, yeah it's brutal it's that, it's um, hugely brutal and long and painful a lot yeah. of the time as well so yeah nature that's what i was that's what i learned a lot because i used to be quite i was never against hunting mm. but i used to always be like oh i don't know if I, it was just never a thing it was never yeah. on my radar I was, people used i had friends that were hunters I'd be like, I could never go and do that. Mm. But then as I started, like, I sort of almost forced myself to be like, if I'm going to eat this stuff and enjoy it, I need to have an appreciation and not desensitize myself necessarily, but kind of open my eyes to the world that is mm. the natural world. And yeah. then also just the reality of where does this stuff come from? So I watched quite a few videos of, yeah, and just nature's just crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much compassion in nature. Yeah, hey? yeah no. It's just kill or be killed. Yeah. And it is it is incredible when you look at the bigger picture then how, like, how different then humans are. Like everyone says, oh, we're, like we are just – which we are, we're kind of an animal, I guess. Mm. But how – and there's some brutal humans, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, like, how as a whole we're so different to that. Yeah, know, like, yeah. There's an element of, like, compassion and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That you don't – you see – you kind of see that in a relationship between, say, a mother and a young animal. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's not there's not um, varying levels of that compassion, I suppose, in a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when it's like, as you say, like this raw season, like yeah. it's breeding season and things. It's like, get out of my way. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's that's just it. about food. I just need to create offspring and that's yeah. about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, even then when they grow up, they'll usually fight against each other and yeah. stuff a lot. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it is nuts. That's for yeah, sure. so um, so deer, deer is the main one that I love to hunt. Um, goats. Okay. I, um, that's more opportunistic. I don't go out going, oh, I'm going to go hunting for goats this yeah. time around. But if um, a lot of, the, lot of the places that I go hunting for deer, goats naturally will – they're in it's, that same it's area. that kind of habitat for them too. Yeah. Um, so, and it's uh, it brings on new challenges as well with hunting with goats. Um, they they love like cliff faces and that sort of stuff. So it's um, yeah, it's a little bit different environment to get into for them. Um, so yeah, those two, and then any any pests that farmers that sort of stuff want to um want to get rid of because mm. they're destroying land yeah. as you said or um, foxes for yeah for um when i was out at that sheep farm um foxes were a big one yeah they're brutal um, yeah oh yeah and they they will <laughs> they will kill for fun mm. they will, like i've i've seen it before night times at that farm um they'll you'll see them stalk a lamb or a, a sheep and they will kill it and then just walk away from it, not even eat it, just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so bizarre because it's not it's not something that you usually see in the wild. They're, if they're going to expend all that energy to hunt something, they're going to get that energy back by eating it. Yeah, that's, it, that's they're the doing idea. it for survival. That's what you think, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah. But foxes seem to – there's, there's sometimes that foxes just seem to, yeah, yeah just play. I've and seen just, that with um, – Just do it for fun. I think it was one of those David Attenborough things mm. with hyenas. Same yeah, thing. Right. They just as a group, they just surrounded this like I think it was a deer. Yeah, maybe it was like a little border buffalo or something. Yeah, and they just pissed it off. To be honest, <laughs> like they just were biting at it, snapping at yeah. it, and then when it went down on the ground, they all left. Yeah, and um, David Attenborough, with his like commentating, you know how he does it, but he's like 
this is an example of like they were just young hyenas mm. just playing just around. Playing. Yeah, right. You're like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that is nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. Even I remember. Um, and I mean, scavengers will come and clean that up, but um, yeah, it's just. Bizarre. It doesn't make sense, yeah, it though. You make know, sense. like, why would they. Why would they kill it for scavengers mm. if it's not for fun? Mm. Like, there's mm. no other reason, really. Yeah, is yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Even down at um, down at Ormo, down at you know Livingston School, mm. James was telling me, you know, James Bignor, yeah. he was telling me that um, they had like a the kids. It was quite sad and pretty brutal, but all the kids had like a hobby, like farm part of their mm. like. I think they do agricultural studies or something. Sure. So I think they had sheep and maybe some goats and stuff like this. But then over one weekend, some like wild – I think they were dogs, like wild dogs got yeah. in and just went Decimated. berserk on oh. this. But same thing, left it all. Like, yeah. And because yeah, um, yeah. they had CCT footage of it, yeah, security camera footage, and you could see them, the dogs kind of like riling each other up to yeah, go yeah. for it. And you're like, that is purely just – just fun, yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the poor kids so, came back to just this massacre of animals. Yeah, like, oh, must yeah. Have been I um traumatizing. I don't, I don't have any problems with shooting wild dogs or yeah. foxes or anything like that because um, I've seen the damage that they do, and it's just, yeah, it's just brutal. Yeah, and we've kind of like because we've domesticated them, we've kind of had this. Dogs, I think, for a lot of people, they're like a different animal. Yeah, they're like, they're like yeah. Oh, they're all cute and cuddly, and they're like. Yeah, there's still an animal though. Mm, like if that mm. if it wants to go, yeah, it'll go, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I've got I've got a pet dog, and so it was. I'll admit there was this uh, step that I had to take to get past shooting dogs. Mm. Um, but seeing what they do, that first time that I saw what they do, really changed it for me. And I was like, yeah, these these things have got to go there. The difference between a pet domesticated dog compared to what these wild Dogs do, yeah. Um, is just like, and when you say, what day. are they doing? They're getting in and wrecking crops and animals. And oh, so the dogs, yeah, they're just uh, killing animals, yeah. and and not, not in a really um, quick, ethical, from our perspective, way. Yeah, they'll they'll get in and they'll just like tear at its belly and rip its guts out, and this animal will be walking around like. That sort of, yeah, that not sort like of stuff. a tiger around the neck, kind of, yeah, thing. yeah, where it, it, kill it, yeah, all good, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, this is a long, long, yeah, painful death, and, for and them. it's just like torturing an animal, yeah, really, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, once I, once I saw that that's the sort of stuff that they did, I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, see you later, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more than okay with shooting them now, yeah, definitely. Um, d- again, those sort of, uh, you know, dogs, foxes. Um, wild cats, all that sort of stuff. I don't go out looking for them unless yeah. I'm on a farm where the owner has said, I want you to yeah. kill these. Um, but if the opportunity presents itself and it's there, then I'll, yeah, take it take down. Take one out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm. they're everywhere, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. they're everywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, um, and again, they're kind of at the top of their food chain as well. So yeah. there's not much that stops them. From yeah, doing what they do, not many predators around. Yeah, because yeah. they're quick and can can attack stuff. If yeah, they, and they're in numbers as well. That's the, mm. probably their mm. pack mm. animals. Definitely. So, so yeah, it's it's a interest of mine, but it's also I enjoy it um, for the the aspect of providing food. Um, I love love eating meat, mm. and it kind of it was a. It's going to sound a bit contradictory. 
and it was something that I wrestled with quite a lot as well in my mind because I love agriculture, but it's not sustainable the way that we're farming animals for meat. Yeah. Um, and and some some of the processes that happen in there, um, just yeah, I don't don't quite agree with mm. some aspects of it. So um, so hunting for me for meat is, uh, I think it's more sustainable. It's more sustainable than even um, going on a full plant based diet or anything like that because that just creates monoculture crop farms. Um, so Which what has do you, a what do you mean by monoculture? Like farms? big big crop farms of just one, like yeah. just corn or just yeah, yeah. lettuce or something like that, um, which has an impact on like an environmental impact in itself as well. So, um, so for me, the the most sustainable way is you know eating a mix of both, and if I can get my meat from uh, one a pest species, yeah, that's in overpopulation in the country that um, is also helping out agriculture because you're reducing damage that happens to agriculture um, and and it's a sustainable resource like they're they're out wild they they're reproducing all the time and um, and so yeah it's a it's a ever growing ever sustainable resource that yeah. you can just keep harvesting off yeah it makes um, sense hey yeah. That's uh, and and it's clean meat. Like it's not pumped full of anything like that you don't know about. That, yeah, whatever they. Put um, not on. not that that happens an overly large amount in Australia that I know of. It's more overseas that, that they that do kind it of a lot. In, is it in chickens that they do a lot of? It can be. I don't know too much about chickens, well. but um, I've just seen those things where these poor chickens they because because it's all about the chicken breast, right? Yeah, they pump them yeah. so full of steroids yeah. that they they literally can't stand up because it's all yeah, just right. like a huge body yeah. and tiny legs because they grow so fast mm. because of what all the crap that they got. Mm. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So and that's that's just supply and demand. Like yeah. there's there's more demand out there than we can supply at the moment. Yeah. Um so uh, there was there's actually a study that I read quite a while ago on wild meat versus farmed meat and as a general rule um you'll get more uh, the chemical compositions in meat one of one of the fats that comes through is the omega fats okay um and you have omega i think it's omega-3 and omega-6 omega-3 is a really good Fat, you hear it all the time, you know, in fish oil and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. Good for your brain and um, muscles. And yeah, that, and, a, and it's an anti-inflammatory fat, whereas omega-6 is like an inflammatory mm. fat. And the science behind it, and there might be a medical professional that knows way more about this than me that nah, listens. But, nah, um, you, you heard it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but the science behind it is that there's there's some ratio that most people's bodies run best at where you want a bit of inflammatory response. If if you get an infection or something like that, you want your body to try and fight it. Yeah. And that's by an inflammatory response. So you want some of those like things that promote an inflammatory response in your body. And then but you want you don't want it to be over mm. um emphasized. Because inflammation is right massive. Word, hey, like, hey, yeah. I yeah. like I'm useless at anything medical but like the whole 
So many, which I never realized until recently, but so many of these foods, they do cause all the inflammation mm. and everything. Mm. And it contributes to so much mm. stuff that I like that I know of, like um, arthritis and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so there's this, there's this ratio apparently that's, that's really good. Well, in, in farmed meat as an average, you get a higher rate of that inflammation uh, okay. stuff yeah. and a lower rate of the anti-inflammation, yeah. anti-inflammatory um, omegas. And then in wild, you know, grass grazing animals that are out using their muscles, you know, running around, all that sort of stuff, it's swapped. Mm. And it's it's more in line with what our bodies need. Yeah. Um, so even getting down to that sort of stuff, you know, I just find that wild animals where where I can, and it's not always that the freezer's full. It's not always that I'm eating just that meat. I still go to the supermarket and buy steaks and yeah. stuff like that. But where I can, I'd much prefer to be eating that. Yeah, I saw a study. Um, well, there was somebody talking about a study. They are talking about. It's very much in line with what you just said. Um, they did research into like hunter-gatherer communities, but then also, like I think they they looked into like uh, American Indians at mm. one point and sort of the re the causes that they died from. And mm. A lot of it was from fighting with each other because that's what they did. Um, but they had like hugely less cases of like deaths from you know things like uh, I think it was like heart disease and. Like things that inflammation yeah. causes. Yeah, yeah. Most of them were like from just diseases and mm. like more like infections, that kind of thing. And they said it's because they just they just ate off the land. Yeah, just and that's clean. what they were killing. That there wasn't any of this corporatized farming, mm. And mm. things like that. And people, I think, still died. They didn't live as long, but they're just their their reasons for death were different. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They were saying like, if it, in today's world we're living longer. But we don't have as much risk of infection as mm. they did back then. Mm. I think. Well, I think infection. I don't know what they said. Oh, like if if we can treat things, you know, yeah. like if we get the yeah. flu. Yeah, our medicine is yeah. Quite high Whereas a lot of people die from the flu. Yeah. Um, but if we actually we were more mindful of what we ate, mm. we would keep living as long. Mm. But you know, you see these people. Your quality of life. Yeah, would be they're all now. these people. They're poor people that are all just bent over. Like, yeah osteoporosis and all this yeah, sort of yeah. thing. And you're like, I don't necessarily think that that is, like I'm not convinced that that is just what happens when you get old. Mm. I think mm. that can be, like obviously things wear out. Yeah. I don't think we can all be the body of a 20-year-old until we're 100 and then it's all mm. over. But you can, you can, you know, use your, it's that whole use it or lose it. Yeah, um, yeah. Use your body. These people that just sitting in a chair all day just wrecks you. Mm. you know, like, mm. Even I've been going to the gym a fair bit, and there's been a few like even like our front squats that we've been doing. I yeah. F- I like I f- always feel like I'm like falling forward. So I was talking to the trainer, and she she's really switched on with all the. Um, she's got a PhD in what biomechanics or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. And. Um, but she's like, oh, are you? A, do you have an office job? I'm like, yeah, I do at the moment. She's like, well, do this exercise, and you kind of stand against the wall with your your hands on the wall, mm. and you should be able to squat down, and your hands like you always stay parallel to the wall. Yeah, right. Whereas I couldn't do it. Yeah, like, because my my body then, as soon as I do it, my back tries to arch out. I can't get yeah. flat. Yeah. She's like, that's like that should be your baseline. 
you should be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, okay. And she's like, because you're sitting in a chair all day and your posture, mm. your body just can't mm. do it. So yeah, yeah. today, tomorrow's my last. I'm actually changing jobs. I'm going back to being a tradie again. Yep. Yeah, nice. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, even in yeah, a month what or changes. So, what, what changes is from yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Which is interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I've, I've noticed a huge difference going to an office job. Mm. And, um, uh, and, yeah, just like you said, it it wrecks you sitting in a chair for eight hours wrecks you <laughs> well, we're just not designed to so, do it, no man. no so and and that's another another aspect of hunting that i really enjoy is like i said you get out in nature and for me that's like a a, a reset and refresh physically and mentally yeah um i get to gather food sometimes um like we talked about but then also, I and I get to sit there and you know watch nature and in all of its magnificence. Um, but even just from a health perspective, I'm out there walking around, you know, and and almost it's almost like a trade. I expend energy to to get the food, yeah, to give me energy. Almost almost like we were talking about how those wild animals do that. They yeah they weigh up. You know, is the expense in energy that I'm gonna Use to get this food worth worth my while. Well, you know you don't expend too much energy going down to the shops and buying some food. But if you have to really work for your food, one, it makes you respect that hunk of meat that you've got a lot more. Yeah, and you use it wisely. But two, it it just gets you out moving and gets you fit to yeah to do that. So yeah, I really enjoy it from a fitness. Perspective I think I'm going to well. have to try it, eh? I reckon yeah. I'm going to have to go. I'll have, have to take you out sometime. Yeah, even if it's at least because I'm used, I've tried. <laughs> I'm not a good shot at all. So that would just be inhumane to any animal out there. Yeah. I'd be as bad as like a wild dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just experiencing that would be, yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Like I think, yeah, like I, I watched, I forced myself to watch someone like from scratch, do a like butcher a cow, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, but is that the right word? Butcher? Yeah, 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 butchering. Yeah, make it all turn it into all the cuts of meat and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty full on. Like it was yeah. pretty confronting. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is what I eat every day. Well, not yeah, every day, yeah, but most it. days. Mm. I'm like, if I expect somebody else to do this, I should be able to watch it. Mm. You know, mm. like, it doesn't necessarily should we necessarily become desensitized to that because yeah. it is still an animal. But yeah, I I, I strongly believe in that kind of. As much as possible, mm. trying to understand where things come from. Yeah. It's impossible to do for every single Oh, yeah, thing. no, you can't do it for everything. But for th- something like that I eat and I'm putting mm. in my body, mm. that is, that's important. Yeah. For, to yeah, me, it's 100%. important anyway. Um, there'll be other people out there who are like, oh, I'm not doing that, like Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> not interesting. Yeah. Well, she yeah. doesn't even really that's like the- red meat. Like it's not her thing. Yeah, right. Um, she's nef- never liked it. So it's funny we're watching – or anytime we're on watching TV and there's like an animal being mm. killed, or even just like a food show and there's like red meat, yeah. she's like, "Oh, I can't watch that." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. You should, don't watch a hunting <laughs> TV show then." Well, let's so let's not take it. Yeah, yeah, don't go watching eat, meat eater or anything. No, like that. definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, because I remember um, I actually watched that video of it was a dairy cow. I think I think they'd killed it and so yeah. they hung it from a like a it was like a mobile butcher yeah, who came yeah. and um daddy's like oh what are you watching i'm like 
You would not want to watch. <laughs> you do not want to watch what I'm watching right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney's Courtney's similar. She um like she doesn't mind me hunting or anything like that, but um but she doesn't want to she doesn't want to see me breaking down the animal. She doesn't want to see me butchering it up. Yeah. Um so long as it comes in I come home and um not since we've been married, not that I've had a chance to get out um hunting and bring home a deer yet. But um but yeah, so so long as it's cryvacked and you know in its cuts of meat, she's fine and she's happy to come out camping with me and you know come hunting with me. But that that actual process, she doesn't need to see, which is fair enough. Yeah, it's not for everyone. I think for me that that was the most confronting. Yeah, part of yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it is. I mean, I um I had friends out at Crow's Nest who had a little hobby farm, and they had some sheep on that farm that they raised for food. That that was the intended purpose when they started raising them, and um, and they got to the the stage where it was time to um, uh, to harvest them. Yeah, and um, and so they called me up and said, "Hey, we know you go hunting. You know how to butcher an animal and get you know the most out of the animal. Can you come and show us how to do it?" Um, and so they, because of the size block that they were on, we couldn't really use firearms, but you can get this little device that uses um, a a rod oh, um, and it, it works off just like a little charge and um, and you just go up to their head and you just yes. knock it on the head and it's, it's they're dead the straight quickest away. Thing ever. Yeah, yeah. It's, if it's anything, it's like... Just as effective as a bullet, really. This is like the most humane way. Like this is yeah. the... Most peaceful way that you can mm. ever die as an animal. Yeah, like, yeah, hundred percent. It's not often that an animal just is lying in bed and then yeah. they just drift off while holding their like loved one's yeah. hand. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't that's it. Happen. It doesn't happen in the. That's what people kind of think. Just animals it, don't die of old yeah, age. Just let in the it world. die of old age. Yeah, like that's not how they all get yeah. ripped apart. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not. How it's it works. like if you if if they're even if they're injured if they're sick if they're um getting old but they're not at old age yet. If they're herd animals, the herd usually just disowns them, disowns them, yeah. and they're out on their own, yeah. and they'll they starve freeze death, or starve freeze. or whatever. It's yeah. brutal, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, these friends got me around, and um, they were fine with that aspect of it. They were fine with skinning it, but as soon as it started to come to, it was while the head was attached. Because mm. um, they can, it's, once, now it's still an animal yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. Once I'd taken the the head and the hooves off. And gutted it, they were fine then. It was a carcass. It was meat. Yeah. Um, and it so they were, they were fine with that. But it was that just that point, yeah, between between having the head on and head off, that was a bit uneasy for them. They they got through it all right. But um, but yeah, it's it's funny how we associate yeah. certain parts of an animal. Yeah, like you can look at a piece of steak, mm. and so often I'm not even thinking of. Oh, where does where would this like? I'm not picturing yeah. that. Yeah. Like nice Daisy cut, the cow, like in the sitting paddock. on like the butt <laughs> of that cow. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But it is a yeah. It, but I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. You know? But um, yeah, it is funny how we do that as mm. humans. Isn't mm. it? We do that for so many things. Yeah, yeah. So you were in the so you became a financial advisor. Yeah, you're into hunting. Yeah, you were also in the military for a while. Yeah, so I did um, ten years in the air force. It was ten years. Um, okay, ten years. Was that yeah. Ten, well, just shy. I was like nine, and oh, sorry, nine and a That's bit. Right. Um, 
So yeah, we um, I started off in like um, similar to the infantry in the army. There's there's a unit in the air force that um, that do a similar or very different, but it's probably the easiest way to explain to someone um, so that they can visualize it. Yeah, as as a infantry kind of base role. And so infantry is on the ground, on the ground combat. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so our our role is when I was there was to mainly defend against airfields. Okay. Um, our own airfields, obviously. Um, so, so I did that for a little bit and then went to, um, down to Canberra and was posted to a ceremonial unit down there. Um, so, so we did all of the, uh, ceremonial activities for the defense force. So we were kind of like the, the face of the defense force. If, oh, right. if foreign dignitaries came over, presidents or prime ministers of other countries, that sort of thing, um, we'd do a parade for them. So you were you all dressed to nines. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. That. All in the ceremonial get yeah. up. Um, you may you may have seen on TV for Anzac Day and that sort of stuff. Um, the the ceremonies that are done in Gallipoli and France. Yes, and, yeah. So that's all the Federation Guard as well. That ceremonial. Right. You Did know. you go and do um, any of those? Ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. so I went went to Gallipoli in whoa, 2010, I want to say yeah, it was. No. Um, what was that like? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a real – it kind of brought perspective to mm. the whole um, the whole story that you hear. It's easy to hear it over here, but, um, but to go and stand on the beach and just look at the cliffs that they would have faced. Impossible um, task, okay. Just being hammered with machine gun fire from yeah. those cliffs. It would have just and, – and then go – we're going up that. It just, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, Even like, sorry, take us on a take us off task a bit, but like, as they coming in on those boats, yeah, like you would have just, it would have been terrifying. Yeah, 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 because they weren't expecting to land there; they were meant to land somewhere yeah. else. But, um, but coming in and seeing that and going, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like it would, yeah, yeah it that's right, nuts. and. And on the flip side of that, going going to Turkey now. I mean, Turkey's. Uh, when I went, there's there's a little bit of unrest at the moment. But when I went, amazing country, mm, really amazing beautiful. country. I'd go, I'd go back there for a holiday. Yeah, I've heard it's was, beautiful. As Australians, we were treated really well, mm. um, and it's one of um, the only major wars that I know of where the opposing sides are now like friends. Yes, and celebrate that. Celebrate sounds like a really weird word to use, but celebrate but commemorate that. it together. Yeah, commemorate it. Yeah. Um, and, and celebrate and it. celebrate moving forward yeah. together. Yeah, that's it true, isn't it? So, um, yeah, right. so yeah, it was it, it was really really cool to to be a part of that. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, did that. Went to. I mean, I we did so many um, so many ceremonies. Uh, went to the the demilitarized zone over in Korea. Yeah, right. Um, for well. the 70th anniversary of the signing of um, the ceasefire for yeah. that. Um, That's between went, North and South. Korea. Yeah, between yeah. North and South Korea. So that border yeah. that you always see like on the news and stuff where they're facing off against each it's other. It's the one I've I've looked because I work in an office and for like the last, uh, I reckon, couple of months I've kind of like been doing, my mind's been on other things. Mm. So I've like spent, this is terrible, I hope my, my boss isn't listening to this, <laughs> but... Um, Although it won't be my boss after tomorrow, sorry, Chris. <laughs> but um, I reckon I spent like a good hour on Google Maps, like trying to find 
Like, because there's so much of that. It's um, they haven't like graded out, but it's just it just looks a bit weird. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of kind of funny. And then there's um, and then it goes out into the ocean as well. And there's yeah. a little island off to the side that's that's kind of in um hot debate as to who it is. Oh, right, well. okay. Because it kind of the the line that they've drawn kind of gets to the island and. What yeah. happens then? <laughs> yeah. So, right. um, yeah, it was quite Kim interesting. Jong could put his little holiday house on there <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They quite often they'll um they actually share it. Yeah. Um, okay. and they use it as a, a military like target practice kind of area. Um, or they used to back when like back when I went. That's what we were told. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not the best, <laughs> no. not the most ideal location. Um. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, did that. I went to Papua New Guinea, saw um, one of the last remaining Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels, and we presented him What's with a, some. That's a tribal leader. Stuff. So the Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels were the um, they were the the locals for Kokoda. Yeah, okay. um, that used to help like carry injured troops out along the Kokoda Trail and stuff like that because yeah. that's a brutal trek too i've never actually done it i've seen parts of it but i've never actually done the whole thing yeah. but that is just it's yeah amazing experience. yeah 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 um, it would be something it's on my bucket list of things to do for sure there's a girl i've been trying to get her on this podcast for ages um i started back when i re- released it like we did it a couple of years ago or a year yeah. ago or whatever but she is one of the youngest she's the youngest girl to ever climb mount everest youngest yeah right. maybe she's the youngest australian female her name's Alyssa azar um, fascinating, but she mm. she did the Kokoda Trail when she was eight. Yeah, with wow. like her dad. Yeah, and now they run. Uh, I can't remember what the company's called, but they have a company where they run expeditions mm-hmm. and all these like an adventure. Yeah, throughout the yeah, world nice. and stuff. Be fat, awesome. I just want to be awesome. Talk to her. And just yeah. Go, yeah, like even just the realities and go. We hear all this stuff about climbing Mount Everest. Mm. Let's actually dig in a bit. Like yeah, for the yeah. dumb person like me. You know, where you say, oh, we, we need to spend three weeks acclimatizing. Mm. What does that mean? Like, mm. why are you doing mm. that? And how do you do that? You know, mm. things like that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that Kokoda track or the Kokoda trail or was it track? One of them. Either one. Um, yeah, it looks pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Even yeah. more incredible that they actually did that yeah. as soldiers. Fully kitted up. Oh, yeah. 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 Incredible. And, and it was, uh, oh, I don't know what the season is called over there, but it was like storm season and it was all just muddy and... Oh. Yeah, just made it's crazy. amazing what their human <laughs> body, or the like, as humans, what we can accomplish mm. if we need to. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. just, if there's no other option, mm. you just can't give up. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So that you did a lot of ceremony. It sounds so like you got around a bit did, then. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think I think I counted one of the years that I was there. I went to twelve different countries or something. Yeah, right. And um, and all around Australia, it was a great way to. Before joining the military, I'd never been outside of um, Queensland except for like northern New South Wales, Byron Bay kind of area, but I'd never travelled anywhere else. Um, so so for me, it was it was a great experience just to travel all around Australia and mm. to the. Um, I was very lucky in getting to go to the overseas places that I did, not having to fight at all, but for yeah. for a very different reason, a really ceremonial yeah, um, aspect. It was really cool. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really lucky in that regard mm. to have. To so, have were you in that. the ceremonial for your entire time? In um, the- for oh, what was it? 
four four years, I think four it was. Years, four okay, or five yeah. years, yeah. 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 Yeah, so a decent chunk of it. Yeah. Um I I really enjoyed it and I was actually part of the the different parts within that ceremonial unit. Um and and one of them was a, a precision drill team it was called and so we did displays at career expos and things like that. Um Is and all the cool garden stuff. Yeah. That stuff's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. You like the flick it around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, uh, I wasn't actually on the rifles on that one. I was um, drumming oh, right. behind them. Um, but with my experience in with music from, you know, learning music at school and that sort of stuff, um, it was quite funny how, how it came around my first day at the unit when I, when I went in to, um, to, to start at, at the unit down in Canberra. Um, one of the sergeants that was there, um, he was showing me around and stuff, and I got introduced to the the person who led that precision drill team. And um, just off the cuff, he's like, "Oh, you don't happen to play drums by any chance, do you?" And um, you should ask. That. He was just joking, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah well, right. funny you mentioned that because I actually play orchestral percussion." Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, and he's like, "Oh, we've been wanting someone like this for ages because wow. um, they were just all self taught kind of drummers taking it on as a as a secondary duty." Um, but it also fulfill, has to be to a pretty to high standard. Oh, they were Very they were standard, they were great yeah. at what yeah. they did for sure. Yeah. Um, so it allowed me to kind of sink my teeth into that a little bit and develop a bit more structure around that. Um, write a, a drum course so that we could bring people in who wanted to drum and teach them the yeah, basics, right. the fundamentals, you know, up. all the rudiments, that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, teach them how to read basic drum music as well. Train them up. And then, um, and then have like a, an assessment procedure and all that sort of stuff to get them to just take that high standard that they're at to the next level, kind mm. of thing, um, and give them some skills that they could then go on and use elsewhere if they wanted to as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was really a fun little project that I had while I was there as yeah. well, and and kind of getting getting to sink my teeth into that made me want to stay for for longer to kind of see that project through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, the my career in defence was um, was really good. There's some aspects that I miss about it now, but um, as a whole, it was kind of a chapter of my life that um, I had a lot of life experience that I learnt through that. Yeah, and um, and it it helps me nowadays. But um, but I'm I'm okay. I'm at peace with having closed that chapter off and yeah. moved on to what aspects do you miss about elsewhere? It? Um, I, I really miss the, the bond that like the mateship, I guess is the word that gets used most frequently to describe it. Um, but it was like family, like you could, the, the close team that you worked in, um, you'd, you'd know almost everything about them. Yeah. Um, just such a strong bond. Yeah, they were like family. They were like a, I don't know, a, another limb on you almost. Mm. You you knew what they were feeling. You know, you, you knew when they were having a bad day, and you could you knew what to do to yeah. to kind of help them out and that sort of stuff. Um, we used to live in quite tight communities as well, so um, so that increased it. And I mean, like every family or anything, there's always a bit of rivalry and stuff that happens but um but on the whole you know that's probably the main thing that i miss moving now to 
an office job where there's three of us in the office, it's kind of the bookends. Yes. Um, yeah. The real extremes of both. I'm not. I'm not in a a company that's you know 50 employees or something that you know has a bit more um, uh, personal interaction there. There's just the three of us, which is great. It's a really tight team, and we all um, know each other quite well. But um, that's probably the main thing that I miss. And then the um, uh, being outdoors, just working outdoors constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just those experiences. Yeah, right? yeah, the experiences. I mean, I I got to go skydiving. I got to go scuba diving. Yeah. Um, they, they trained you in that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. yeah. Um, got to do a snow survival course out the back of um, – Threadbow, yeah, wow. um, in the snowy mountains, um, all those kind of things as well were just really cool things. That um, especially some of those survival aspects and things like that helped me in my hunting. Now I don't use them every time I go out hunting, but just knowing that I've got that skill set there, if something was to happen, allows me to venture further and deeper into confidence. the wilderness, yeah, and know that I'm going to be okay. Know that I'm going to, you know. It's also just good skills to have. Yeah. And yeah, like I think so. just to, even a snow survival course, I imagine there would have been times in that which were like bloody hard. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so kind of <laughs> you learn stuff about yourself and you, you yeah. kind of go, if I can get through that, like, you know, some of the things yeah. you've done, I can, it, it gives you a lot more confidence in yeah, your yeah, life. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. know that you're what you can do is actually <laughs> – Sometimes like way, way more than what mm. your brain, what your mind thinks mm. that it can do. Mm. Probably the most afraid I was in that um, that snow survival course was we we had to build um, uh, like little snow caves in the side of a mountain, um, and that's that's one of the ways that you survive is to to dig out this this cave. So you're out um, of the wind and things out like of the that. wind, out of the cold. It, it actually holds the heat quite a yeah. lot in there too. Um, and somewhere to give you protection to sleep and that sort of stuff. So, um, but what you have to do is you kind of have to dig a tunnel in and then you dig, because hot air rises, you dig up and then you dig across right. and then you make your, oh, your okay, hole. Yeah. So it kind of traps the air. So the hot air comes in, rises up and then gets trapped in there. Because if it's just, if it was just a hole in, it would all just go in. Yeah, yeah. You'd get yeah. cold air coming in yeah. and losing all the hot air yeah. kind of thing. Um, but to do that, you kind of have to dig in, push the snow out, then dig up, push the snow out, and then you're digging in, but you're pushing the snow down this tunnel that you've made. So you're kind of trapping yourself in, oh. <laughs> and then you have to kind of push that snow out. Is it and not ice cave and stuff. in on you? So it, the hot air actually makes a layer of it melt okay. and turn to ice and then harden. So it, yeah, it's structurally like it's quite, kind of thing, quite good. It? Yeah, kind in of like way. an igloo. Yeah. Um, so you don't build it square. You build it as a round, like an igloo, that kind of shape to yeah. to give it. I guess I'm not an engineer, but I guess that gives it a bit Sounds more structure. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that feeling of almost burying yourself to a degree <laughs> while you're digging that out. You're that pretty was dark. While you're doing yeah, that yeah, you couldn't off. see anything. Oh. Um, it that. was and cold and wet while you're doing it. Um, it was it was a point. You, you get to certain points doing stuff like that where you're like, I just have to push through this. Yes. And as as much fear that's building up inside you of something going wrong or something like that, you just got to push through it. And um, and so that kind of skill of just breaking that mental barrier 
and pushing through that. And I mean, physically as well, there's times in defense where you, you just feel so exhausted and you just go, I just got to push through this. Mm. Just got to get to the next milestone. Um, that, that skill in it in itself is really handy. Yeah. Um, especially being an outdoorsy kind of person. Yeah. Um, you're always faced with that kind of. So what is that? What'd that look like? So they just, I'm picturing Bear grills, even though I know that that is not necessarily <laughs> a lot of the times it's like Bear grills is here, but then there's like a caravan right there yeah, they, yeah, yeah. off camera. Do they just kind of like you obviously had a bit of training beforehand, but then they just drop you off somewhere and they're like survive? Yeah, not really. Die. So so the courses, um, well, the one that I did for, for the snow survival wasn't, wasn't quite that extreme. Um, it was uh, we um, – Cross country skied okay. in to a backcountry area, um, which was really beautiful. It was like nice and scenic as we were yeah, going, and amazing. that was pretty the cool. Calm before the storm, kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then we got to the spot, and I can't even remember how long we stayed. I think we stayed like four, four days or something. Yeah, I think right. at wherever we ended up, um, and. And so we just – we came across – and we all had packs, so, you know, you had food and stuff. It was more – it wasn't we're putting you in a survival situation, use the skills that you know. This was more these are the skills we're teaching you for a survival situation. Okay, so it's the, the so, course is what yeah, you're on. Yeah, yeah, so it was the course. So um, so we had, you know, whatever we could carry in our pack basically, whatever we were happy to carry in our pack you, we could take. So um, food and all that sort of stuff we had which was all right. Um, it was more a case of if you find yourself out in the snow, deserted, in in a snow environment, this is how you build your shelter, this is how you would look for food, This is, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, you know, play and it um, goes down in the snow or something. Yeah. This yeah. is how you survive until help arrives. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it was really good. Or even, I mean, there's they have um, – a lot of teams as well. So defense run almost like a mini Olympics sometimes. Yeah, okay. Um, where they have inter-service sport competitions and stuff like that. Um, some of them are snow sports. And so just right. learning how to survive if something happens while you're out in the snow somewhere. Yeah. Um, just all skiing that, out in the backcountry somewhere and something happens. Yeah. This is how you can keep yourself yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was that was super fun as well. Really enjoyed that and and learnt a lot from it. Yeah, right. So hope hopefully I never have to use it in real life. But no. um, <laughs> but it's just all but good experiences. Yeah, hey? yeah, like, yeah. And it was so much fun. Yeah, and you didn't like it's all paid for by the military and stuff. Like yeah, it's, that's uh, <laughs> it's not often that you can kind of just go and do these things. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's right. That is the mm. that is the cool thing. That going back to what you said about like that. That mateship and thing. That's mm. I do hear that a lot from listening. Not that I've sat down personally and spoke to too many people who are kind of have come out of the military or retired from the military, but that seems to be like the biggest thing that yeah. I miss is that yeah. that connection, mm. which I think, from what I understand, can lead to a lot of some of those that PTSD that happens as well, where yeah, it's like yeah. they really they feel lonely and they miss yeah. that. And yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, some of my best mates are from. Um, my time in the military now, mm. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's mm. so good. You share, yeah, you share a bond that is so different mm. than anybody else, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Ah, that's great. Um, 
That's so good. We've talked about it a lot. We have. We've covered I was just thinking, man. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like just as we we're finished there, I was like, whoa, we have covered yeah. covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah no, that that's been really cool sitting down with you, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, when when you said to um, when you sent sent me the invitation to be on the podcast, Courtney was kind of like, oh, there's so much to you. You know, what are you going to talk about? All that kind of stuff. So, um, no, it's been good because yeah. That's kind of one of my downfalls, I suppose. I, I I have this such a wide variation of stuff I enjoy that um, I get into all these hobbies and trying to find time to <laughs> to do them all is just yeah. Uh, there's just not enough hours in the day. Especially like things like hunting as well. Hunting, you can't just go for an afternoon. Yeah, well, no, it's like a maybe if you it's like a four or five hour drive to get somewhere to go yeah, to exactly. go hunting, um, or even interstate a lot of times. Um, and then you know. Um, I do a like I I love I still love scuba diving. I still do scuba diving a fair bit. Um, but again, living where we live, Bayside, um, I I wouldn't go scuba diving out in the bay. There's too many bullies and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. But um, but down the Gold Coast, so that's a couple of hours drive. Yeah, to there's like the a feed. Coast. I've heard about. Is it in this? There's like Wave Break Island area, but then is it in the spit there? The spit, yeah, that's there's a like great a big feeding. What they call it? like a feeding, uh, like a cleaning station. Yeah, for all yeah. the fish come and get yeah. cleaned by each other. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's uh, that's one of my favorite spots actually to yeah, go because right. it's a shore dive, so you can just walk. You don't need a boat or anything. You can just walk straight into yeah, the water yeah. and um, and go diving. And it, the seaway produces something new every single time I go. It's like, constantly changing. Yeah, yeah, there's this there's this one resident cod that yeah, okay. that's there that's massive. Um, who I see pretty much every time I go diving there. But other than that, that's pretty much the only yeah. standard thing I see every time. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll get grey nurse sharks, sometimes you'll get stingrays, sometimes you'll get turtles, dolphins, all sorts of stuff through Which there. Which you it's would never, you would never time. think, hey. Yeah, yeah. I with remember, the amount of traffic, like boats and stuff that go through there, you would never think that. Yeah. And it's it's not super deep. It's only uh, at the deepest, it probably gets to about fifteen meters, yeah, right. but not that's not much of it that's 15 meters it sits around five to ten meters so it's not hugely deep no um, because you can't because i've been scuba diving up in great barrier reef mm. uh, i only did it once it was amazing but like that's when you're on top of the water there you can look and see reef you can't really do like in this i remember because we go i haven't been surfing much down there for a while but we used to go surfing down yeah. the spit a bit and occasionally you know you we'd be on we'd be tw- between the spit and the sand pumping mm-hmm. jetty you know, sometimes you'd get up and walk along that the mm. rock wall. Mm. But when you look down, you wouldn't think like it just looks like a rough sort of seaway. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. And but I, then I got told there's all these diving down there. Yeah. I looked at photos and like, what the heck? Yeah, I never thought. Yeah, this yeah. It's there. incredible. So they've got they've got a a sewage line that runs out there and another pipe. Um, I think it's a sand pipe that runs out. Um, that's joining. The mainland and South Strati, isn't it? No, it just runs out into the water. Uh, oh, the right. sand pipe, sorry, the sand pipe joins. I think. So the, where's but the, the sewage? The, the sewage just pumps out into the into oh, the because into it's, the water. It's treated sewage. Yeah, treated yeah. sewage. So it's yeah. essentially just water, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like a murky yeah. brown water, yeah. but yeah, it's treated. So it just pumps back out into the ocean. Um, but off those pipes, there's all um, sea life growing off yeah, those pipes. Right. So the the fish love along there. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom, you get the rock wall, obviously, and there's you find octopus and all sorts of stuff, yeah, hiding, awesome. eels, that sort of stuff, hiding in there. And then, um, 
but the the actual bed is just sand. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it it can be the tide can be quite strong there, so you got to pick your time. Um, and visibility because of the amount of traffic and all kinds of stuff, visibility can chop and change quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's pretty prone to like even after a lot of rain, it, it all just kind of yeah. rushes out there. Be like you wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah, at the moment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. But but no, it's a great a great little spot and pretty like inexpensive. Once you got all the gear, it's pretty inexpensive because yeah. you just got to drive down there. Yeah. It's about thirty bucks for a tank of air, and yeah. then then you're off. It's a cool um. It's an awesome experience. Hey? Mm, mm, yeah, it's I, a whole other world down there. Yeah, and just that it. I remember I, we went for a work Christmas trip, and so we went up to Cairns and then got a scuba diving boat out, and so yeah. we did two dives. One was not <clears throat> not as deep. Mm. So this French dude he taught us everything. It was amazing that he could teach us in one day. So yeah, it's just even safe. <laughs> I don't know, but um, <laughs> the first one, you know, you kind of go down the rope. And then it was sandy, and there was this giant like clam thing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. Like, it's mm. cool. Couldn't couldn't see heaps. And I talked to him like, and then we went for like another two hours out. And I'm like, oh, where are we going now? He's like, what you just did then, it's good. You are not going to believe what you're going to see. Mm. And you get in, it was just like it was so clear that you forget that you're in water. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we went so far down and swam between these. Um, like these arches and stuff, and at the most terrifying thing it was all beautiful. There's all colours and fish and everything. And then he's like, oh, you know, meant like gestures, like follow me, sort of thing. We went through like this little tunnel thing, but then it was just it wasn't black. Mm. But it was like dark blue, and you could just yeah. like look down. And we were at the edge. It was like on Finding Nemo. Yeah. It was like don't yeah. go to the edge. <laughs> and then in my head, I was like. I've watched Fighting Devo. <laughs> I know what happens when you go to the edge of the reef. <laughs> when you touch and the butt. It was terrifying. Like, yeah. And one of the guys actually freaked out. He was like, just shot off. To yeah. He's like, I'm not doing this. Um, but because it was just that kind of like looking into nothing. Yeah, yeah, just into um, the abyss. And just like, there's going to be a giant shark or something that'll come <laughs> and grab me. But it, yeah, that was just the being able to just be with your own. Like I obviously couldn't do it as much as I would if I was experienced, but mm. you kind of just being it's just you yeah. and the ocean. Yeah. And it's amazing how and obviously these these sea life are probably used to people doing it. Mm. They just didn't care. Yeah. They come up and they'd like what this big fish, I think he might have been a big groper or a cod or something. Mm-hmm. He come up and he kept like the guy warned us before, he's like, There's a big fish down here. He's not gonna hurt you. Yeah. But he likes like the feeling of like yeah, he just mouth you. Yeah, and he'll come up and like mouth you, but then also just rub against yeah, your right. arm and stuff. Yeah. And then there was a uh, underneath the boat, and he, oh, he goes, oh, and the other thing is when you come back to the boat, you'll notice there's a huge barracuda, like a big silver, <laughs> who just hangs, it was, they called it Barry the Barracuda or something, yeah. hangs around underneath the boat. Yeah, right. But um, he's like, if you've got any GoPros or anything, just don't put them there because they've had a couple of tourists that try and take like an underwater photo. And he saw the flash of silver yeah. and thought it was a fish. Oh, and, and just, went it. And just went at him. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah <stuff> right. Because <laughs> they got big teeth too, Barry. Yeah, this thing is terrifying. Yeah. Like, and because it's so clear, it's like two meters away. And the goggles are kind of like, I don't know if they did, but it felt like they magnified a bit. Yeah, right. And I was like, I'm, I'm getting out. Like, <laughs> I'm not, like, I've been in the water heaps. I'm yeah. not that scared, but yeah. I was like, this is confronting. You yeah. Massive teeth. 
Yeah, and yeah. you apparently like silver things. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a silver air tank on my back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. It is it's pretty it's pretty good and it is it's a whole nother world down there. We um I know when I cuz I did my um my basic underwater diving ticket and then did my advanced ticket after that. Um and during the advanced ticket you do uh, you go a little bit deeper um which presents its own challenges uh, and you also do things like underwater navigation yeah okay. um you can do a rescue course um we did a night dive which was that's super a, interesting because yeah. you can only see whatever your torch points at but um but the instructor said to us you know when you when you get down there do what you know go go for a dive look around um we're all qualified scuba divers at this stage so he didn't really need to tell us too many of the basics but he said you know have a look around and then what i want you to do once you're comfortable being diving at night time is cover your torch up yeah and just sit there and just watch and so we did that we would hang around um it was like it was almost like a big um canyon of rocks rock formations and stuff where we're doing this dive um so i did i was shining my torch around looking at all of so so much different sea life comes out at night time yeah um you can see all these little shrimp and all sorts of stuff so um so shining it around having a good look at everything and then i cover my torch up and it was almost like i just got taken to that um like avatar in the oh, movie. Yeah. everything just glowed from all the phosphorus yeah, that wow. was in it and it was it was incredible and i just yeah. got hooked from that i was that's just amazing, like oh that's mate. that's so cool yeah <laughs> so um so yeah it's it, it's a whole nother world under there but um the most scary thing i ever watched not not like horror scary but just like what are you guys doing i watched on netflix this documentary about cave divers yeah and uh these guys <laughs> and they're in i think it was in like iceland or mm. Maybe Norway, one of those countries. Yeah. And so it's it's snowing, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's this cave, and it's I can't remember, but it was like mind blowingly deep mm. how far mm. they go, and then it goes like a couple of kilometers. So now they're like, it must have been like if I don't know how deep you can go. Like this is before you, it's a problem. But it yeah. sounded like it was like a couple of hundred meters. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it could be. And then so it's very very deep. And then they went like uh, two kilometers or three kilometers this way through all these things. There's parts where like it's like this now, yeah. right? and they've got to like take their take their thing off. What do you call it? The yeah, the tank and and squeeze through. BCD and black. everything. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and then and it's silted. But what happened was the story was around they they did this trip, and one of their friends died. Mm. He got his mm. bottle stuck. Yeah, and just couldn't get out, and and they the authorities like closed the cave off. Mm. They went, no one's going in here, but they wanted to go and get his body for his yep. family, and so they organised this this dive and um just oh yeah. man was that did you say that was on Netflix? It was or on something? Netflix. Or something. Yeah, I think I have watched that one. Yeah, it was. Um, they talk about it, it's, it's all silted. Like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be, it would be incredible. To experience doing awful. a cave dive, <laughs> I reckon it'd be cool. But um, Courtney never let me do it, which is understandable. <laughs> um, it's pretty risky, but um, yeah, they were. So those guys, if it's the documentary that I was thinking of, they were mapping a new cave. So the cave had been mapped to a certain point, 
but yeah, no one had exactly explored past was. there. Yeah. And um and so they were the team of them were mapping this new Yeah. And then they had to go yeah, when when they lost their one of their team members, they um they had to go uh, like almost undercover, they had to go at night time and yeah. stuff and avoid the police and all sorts of but stuff how to try they, and like, get this guy string, out. The thing that was mind blowing to me is how they would like position the different tanks throughout the yeah, cave, yeah, the stage so that tanks. when they ran out. But then yeah. how they're talking about there's so much silt in this cave that if you freak out and move too much, mm. like you just lose like a hundred percent visibility. Yeah, and yeah. Um, one of the guys did that. I think he, he was yeah. looking for his tank, did it, and then he just. Didn't know which way he was up, which mm. was down, mm. and he kind of. It took him ages to try and figure out where it was. To yeah, just, I was get. I was like sweating. It can. It can be easy to get disorientated. Like like I said, I've never been in a, a cave diving, so I don't know what it would be like. But I just reckon it would be amplified so much more. Um, I went diving over in WA though, Western Australia, for or off the coast of Western Australia, um, on off uh, an old navy wreck. Yeah, right there and um we'd the guy that i was diving with we'd we'd gone through the whole ship he actually served time on that ship so he knew it all yeah so he's like i'll take you for a tour kind of thing that'd be awesome um so we went through had a look at all the ship and then at the end of it we still had some air left and we kind of signaled to each other well let's just we're at the front of the boat um or the ship and we kind of signaled to each other let's just go down the front of the boat and see how deep it goes. We got to forty meters, Ugh. and and we could still see more down. Like, and we we're like, oh, we'll just call it there, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Because if you get too much further on, just you oxygen, get and stuff as you well. get well, you get you can get oxygen poisoning if you go past fifty meters. You have to change to different gases. Is that where they um, put like? Is it nitrogen or something? Yeah, helium. Yeah. Helium's another gas that they use. There's um there's one called a trimix, which is three different gases. And that's just because different pressures, the different pressure on your body and things like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Um and different. and because your oxygen the pressure in your oxygen tank, your oxygen is so compressed, it's um it's a lot more uh, um concentrated. Yeah. So when oh, you take nice. a breath in, you're consuming a lot more oxygen and as much. as you know, oxygen is good for you when you're breathing it, but too much oxygen all at once can give you oxygen poisoning. Yeah. So once you get past that 50 meters, it starts getting really risky to I'd take never, I'd to never suck in thought, oxygen. <laughs> I'd never thought about how the air in your tank gets yeah. pressurized as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is pressurized, but how? There you go. How it compresses something? Mm. How the pressure? Yeah. Mm. So that's it. why, as you go deeper too, you lose time that you can stay down there on a on a single tank of air. Yes. You know it at. 10 meters you could stay there for an hour and a half or so at 20 meters or 30 meters you may only be able to be down there for 15 minutes mm. because otherwise you'll run out of air because yeah, the, the air's gone from this much to this much yeah true <laughs> that's why yeah yeah that makes so much more sense mm. and so, so you could you could stay down there if you had an unlimited supply of air you could stay down there for as long as you wanted mm. and not get the bends it's coming back up that yeah. you have to do slowly to because you build up nitrogen bubbles in your blood um, and yeah. that's that's what causes the bends if you rise too quickly because the nitrogen expands at a different rate to you, yeah. and so it can blow vessels and all sorts of I stuff. I just watched um, a podcast and I had a guy, he was an American and he was an astronaut on mm. it, but he, for NASA they did, they have like this habitat in the ocean somewhere yeah. off Florida, I think, and they can stay down there for like 
you stay down there for like four weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. So they're in like this little, it's like like a little yeah. bell. Yeah, it's a bell. So yeah. you put know, a cup on the water. You go up and it's empty. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. But they were like fifty meters underwater yeah. or something like this. Yeah. But um, the stories that he was telling, you know, like to go to the toilet, they had like this little. They called it the little cave or something, and it was ten meters or so from their um little thing. Mm. So to do that in the middle of the night, get you jump into the water. And you, they didn't have any lights, but there was a little light on this thing. Yeah. Have to swim over to that. <laughs> get You put your head up so you can breathe, and then you essentially just let let rip yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Because all the fish would just come after <laughs> you. That, um, he was talking about his ex- – I liked his ex- – because uh, they talked about the bends. Mm. Like, we were, it was a long time. We had to then just come back up. But he talks, he goes, you know, the easiest way to explain it is if you take like a – a Coke bottle that's fizzy, mm. if you take the lid off, it goes psh, and yeah. it goes everywhere. Yeah. Or if you crack it and slowly let the pressure out, so that's exactly what the yeah. body's doing. Yeah, and yeah. nitrogen's got to come out of your body. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. there's – um, so some of those cave divers and stuff, some of the tanks that they use that they breathe off as they're coming back up have um, have certain gases in them that try and purge the nitrogen out a bit quicker yeah, okay. so that they don't have to spend hours down there doing decompression all the way up. Because um, that was the other thing about the cave diving. It's freezing cold. Yeah, yeah, they were doing it in dry suits. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. poor families. Like they showed some of their wives and stuff. Or like there's a lady yeah. and her husband, and they're just like, I'm just terrified. Like yeah. every every time this person goes out, I'm just yeah. terrified. Like, oh, that's like that's um, rough. that's like commercial saturation divers. Yeah, the, the deep on sea oil, divers. On oil rigs yeah, and stuff. yeah, that's yeah. Amazing, yeah, they'd take a special like wife or husband, um, to yeah. to withstand your partner going away and doing that yeah, constantly. Like, you, one, you're going away for a long time. Yeah. You're doing one of the riskiest things. Because they go – they fly out, obviously, to a to the the ship that then they dive off. Um, they have to go into a chamber on the ship mm. to, um, like to acclimatise. Yeah, like a pressurised chamber. Yeah, a pressurised chamber. So they live in that for – I don't know, it's, it's – I want to say it's like a month or so that they yeah. live in there. I think they usually do like three or six months stints. Yeah, on yeah. the ship. And then they get put into the bell that gets dropped down into the floor of the ocean. Yeah. They do their jobs and they may be down there for a couple of days or something like that. And then they come back up um, and they bring them straight back up because it's still all pressurized. And then they live in that habita- mm. habitation set up like again, pressurized. To to yeah, oh. yeah. And so they. And they slowly bring the pressure down, but they have to stay in there for like, yeah, like two months or something after they come back up from the surface of the. Imagine how well you'd get to know your workmates. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't yeah. want to have an idiot as no. a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't reckon that um, uh, if you didn't gel well, I don't reckon you'd last too long in that nah, you'd go career. Crazy. It, it must be a pretty. They said that there, there's less people and there's less known about like those sort of depths in the ocean than there is about space. Yeah, I've which heard is crazy. That. That's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's le- we know more about space and can see more than we than yeah. we know about the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Like, yeah, yeah. It's mind blowing. You know James Cameron, like the director, because yeah. he's really into like deep sea exploration, mm. and he um he has his own submarines. And yeah, ships yeah. And stuff. Did he? Was he the guy that did the documentary? 
Yeah, was it a submarine. Yeah, that's the one that yeah. I I watched that one. Well, he like because he did Titanic and things yeah. like that, and yeah. so a lot of all that footage that you see of the Titanic that was his exploded mm. edition. It helps when you're like a billionaire. Or whatever. <laughs> but, um, like I, I, my hobby is I. I don't know. I play guitar. And yeah. Goes yeah. He sick. takes his submarine. Yeah. But like he's he part of his reason for doing it is because of that fact. Mm. He's like, we don't. Let's figure out our own planet. Yeah. Like there's like there's constantly finding new animals and yeah. stuff down there. Yeah. Yeah. They're like we didn't never need it existed. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. That hey. Is mind blowing to mm. me. It's and the fact that world. stuff can live at those kind of depths mm. in that kind of pressure, like that is extraordinary yeah. pressure down there. Like yeah, to just. You just crush anything mm. and mm. they're just, just chilling. Yeah. yeah. And like literally chilling because yeah. it's so cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we can't – there's depths of the ocean that we can't even build something mm. that's strong enough to get down there yeah. to see it. And there's animals living down there that are just, just enjoying life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. But, um, some of those – and how they're all like – so many of them are like translucent and mm. they have like those fish that – they create their own electricity. Yeah, yeah, to attract prey and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mm. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, like electric eels. This is the last topic, but um, <laughs> I I don't know why. This is how my brain works. But I was thinking, how does an electric eel work? Like, mm. how does it actually generate electricity? Yeah. So I went on this wormhole tangent thing of like googling and researching how. It, that's incredible how yeah. it can generate its own electric. Never charge. looked into that. I've never come across an electric eel. Yeah, never before. Have I. But because um, I saw it on a video and it was like in a mud dam, yeah, thing, yeah. and this dude got belted by an electric eel. So what happens when you touch them? You get an electric shock. It's Not like touching even, an electric fence or something, is it? Yeah, but like they can, they can can kill people. Oh, apparently. really? Like it's full on. Yeah, like right. they can stun animals and stuff. Mm. Like they showed, they've talked about how. Because you know eels can kind of live in like mud and yeah, just yeah. feral animals, but um, they like there's been cases where like a like a big animal like a cow or something has mm. been drinking the water and the eel has sh- um, stunned it and given it a heart attack. Wow! But from what I could see, they you don't have to be touching it; it's mm. just in that area. Like if it's in, oh okay, because they're in water, I suppose. And if water's it's a conductive, conductor. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was something between. They've got all these little – see, this is the problem. Going back to the very first thing, I learnt it. Now I can't remember it. Yeah. But um, it was like different things in their tail or something that they're positive and negative charge. Yeah, right. And they've got so many of them that it builds – it's like a whole row of batteries. Yeah, so yeah. They've got like these little things that are like a battery, but then they're all in series. Yeah. And so it becomes this massive charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Wow. It's insane. I remember because I grew up on boats mm. one day – we were coming back from, we were anchored over near North Stradbroke Island and it was night time and we were coming back in like the tinny from the shore to mm. our boat. And my dad, just as a comment to scare us, was like, oh, be careful, there's probably electric eels in here. Like, hopefully they don't shock the the, the tinny. Yeah. I was terrified. <laughs> it's, yeah. It scared yeah. the crap out of me yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a good, and we used to go like two-week holidays or whatever yeah. like at a time. Like standing in a lightning storm with holding a metal yeah, pole. <laughs> like every time I would get into that, and I was young, but I, I clearly remember every time I would get into that tinny, I'd be terrified. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. I'd like put like a towel on my <laughs> seat and like not put my feet on the floor of the tinny. And I'm like, oh, electric eel might get me. Yeah. Looking back, you're like, you're an idiot. Yeah. What are you wrong with you? That, that is interesting though about them. Mm. Yeah, that, it was fascinating. Mm. And just that whole 
they then talked about all these fish in the in the ocean that, yeah how, like in the yeah. deep sea the weird stuff yeah how they create their own electric charges and yeah things yeah like amazing that. it is amazing what life does that's for sure mm. but yeah let's wrap this let's wrap this guy up because no <laughs> it's been great talking though yeah thanks thanks awesome. for having me over i don't think we've ever really sat and chatted like this for we a, haven't a not for time. a long time no, no. It's, well, it's not often that you get to sit one-on-one with somebody and just sit for, I don't know how long we've been going. Yeah. Ooh, an hour and 40. Yeah. Man, that's, you're our longest one <laughs> so far. So you have to cut it. <laughs> ah, that'd be right. People could listen. If you've got this far, yeah, yeah. congratulations. You can drive into state or something yeah, and listen for the whole time. You are a true fan <laughs> if you've got this far. So thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Luke, for coming on. Yeah, no dramas. It's been thanks awesome. Looking me. forward to what's going to happen in the future for you. Thank you. Let's make that hunting trip happen one yep. day. Yeah, we'll def- definitely, definitely. Sounds great. Awesome, man. Thanks cool. so much. See you guys. Catch up.